Hey guys, welcome to episode one of the Posting and Toasting show. I know this is the, the duo that everyone has been clamoring for. Okay, maybe not everyone, but I think more people want my co-host and James Marcita, but James sucks. So you have me, who's definitely a better version. I'm Drew Steele, a.k.a. Scooter Coop, a.k.a. Doug Bunny. And my co-host, Ashwin Ramnock, a.k.a. Swinny Pooh, a.k.a. Ashley's. Ashwin? What up? We did it. We have a show. We have a podcast. The world will never be the same. The world will never be the same. SB Nation was like, you two, go make a Knicks podcast. And we're like, sure, whatever. <laughs> that's basically how it, happened, how it happened, too. No, really, that's basically what it was. We're like, we're going to do it. So our first episode, because you guys haven't heard our takes really on this at all since, you know, the whole offseason started. So we're going to really get into just bullshitting about the offseason and how I feel like, is it just us that posting toasting who are like, hey, the Knicks had a pretty good offseason despite not getting Durant and Kyrie, right? Is that safe to say? Like, everyone else is, like, losing their shit, making jokes, and they're like, the, the sky is falling, but I, I know I think they do good. What about you? Uh, I think the Knicks did all right. They're fine. I don't think they did great. I don't think they did bad. I think they were competent and fuck themselves in the butt and uh you know like they're they'll be fine like they even if everything goes extremely poorly this year if every single signing sucks um they can get out of every single contract other than randall's so you know like that that's i don't know i think that seems fine to me even even then like randall's still a really good player and i feel like it's kind of got lost in the whole um you know Durant and the like Durant going to the Nets and with all these different trades that are happening that like Julius Randle's still a really good and I don't know I feel like that's kind of just been lost on it because everyone kind of focused on the fact that like his defense kind of dropped which is fine like his defense did drop but he's still a really really good offensive player and someone the Knicks probably haven't had since that's kind of something we were just like talking about I remember I threw it in my Randle article What's the last time the Knicks even have like a four or five combo who can handle the ball pass? Dude, he's a better fucking offensive player than Porzingis. Like, let's just say who? that. Who? Number six. Unisnake and Unisnake. Okay. Um, yeah, like he he just I I I know that people are like that's crazy. I mean, really, you know, when we're talking about you know uh, Unisnake, like really like the entire upside and, and like what he does is about how he bends the defense and like because he, he can space it out to three right like that's like the the big the major appeal to him um and it's and like i'm not trying to minimize that because it's legitimate skill like that that's what it is like, oh wow he's such a pick and pop player like how he kind of like changes the floor when he's at the five especially that stuff is real but you know like as far as Getting you buckets, like just getting you a shot, creating a shot, uh, putting the ball on the floor, creating something out of nothing. Randall's way better. Like it, not even close. It's really not even close. Um, who is a better shot creator? Who is a better offensive hub? Like Randall, for one, occasionally passes the ball, um, so which is good. Like he, you know, he sometimes finds a few assists a game. I think what he averaged like three a game last couple of years. Um, yeah, like he 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 can pass the ball when he has like it's he he is probably the best offensive player we've had since Pete Mello, maybe right? Um, 
maybe that's that's actually a really interesting discussion in itself. Like how much, like how good is Randall compared to the best X-Men? Peak Mellow probably. I mean, Amari for those for half a season was you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think even if I'm like you know forgetting just I think yeah, like stat obviously at his best. What about uh, what about Steve Novak? I feel like Novak was definitely one of the top options. Since uh, I'm gonna pl- we're gonna play a quick game since everyone loves like NBA Twitter and NBA people who love listening to podcasts love it when people read stats on a podcast. So. Schwinn, I'm about to do this to you. More of like, you know, question things. You know, Porzingis break on oh that. I'm sorry. Number six, his breakout season was uh 2017-18. Do you want to guess what his true shooting was? Uh, Randall. No, uh, number six. Uh, this is 2017-18. Yeah, his. You know, you know, this was the. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think I need to guess. It's something like 53 something, right? Yeah, true shooting. Really close. So it was uh 53.9%. Do you want to know what Randall's was this past year? 60. Yeah, 60. Um, and it was 60.6 the year before, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was, it was actually higher. Like, Randall actually had some uh, better, he actually had better defensive numbers too last year. And here's another fun one too, free throw rate. Um, who has a better free throw rate between the two players? You know, the number six 2017 season and then Randall last year. Sorry, say that again? I'm saying who had the better free throw rate between the two players. Oh, Randall. Randall's, I mean, look, like I said, Rand, Randall's just better. Like, he is a better offensive player. Yeah, so um, I really want to, like, hammer this point that, like, people who are like, oh, no, like, Porzingis is the better one. Like, I just really want to hammer the point, like, outside of three-point shooting, like, Randall's a more efficient scorer. He gets the line more. His assist percentage is more than double than what Porzingis had for the uh, breakout season. <laughs> Like I just really want to hammer this point. Like yeah. Randall is a better offensive player, and I don't. And I think that's almost lost because of this obsession with three point shooting. And it, I don't want to minimize three point shooting, but I think we're almost we're at the tipping point. I would say now, right? Like we're at this tipping point where people are overvaluing three point shooting. I think Ben Folk didn't Ben Folk have that article about how like because so many people are now taking threes that like the points per shot like equivalence is like getting screwed up. Yeah, so it's, it's like not. Yeah, it's like there's not enough good three-point shooters to justify taking as many threes as teams exactly. are taking, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't my Like, the thing with... I So I don't know... My my feeling, my gut instinct, I, I can't claim to, like... Like, I watched Randall so closely over the last few years, but my gut instinct is that, like, at his peak, he's maybe a, a third or fourth... And, like, I'm talking about peak. Like, if he hits every note and becomes a respectable defender and all that, like, he's probably, like, what? Like, a, maybe the third or fourth best player on a gen... Uh, like a, maybe, like, the fourth best player on a contender, right? Like, maybe that's his peak. Yeah, definitely. That's, like, maybe his ultimate ultimate ceiling for Randall. But, like, I, I just... I don't... And, of course, it's going to be sour grapes. And fuck you, it is sour grapes. I don't give a shit. Um, like, I... You know, now divorced from any, like, I don't have any skin in the game with, mm-hmm. with Snake. Um, but like, like, ha- you cannot be a second option or even a fucking third option and be that shitty of a passer. I'm sorry. Like, like, I can, I can actually even deal with like middling level efficiency, right? Because like, you know, whatever. You can, like, there's some, 
value to like taking mid-range shots that you kind of have to take sometimes and whatever. Like I'm, I'm not like a, a zealot necessarily about individual efficiency. Obviously it matters to a degree. Um, but like I think you can quibble about what those degrees are. But if you cannot play make at all, then you cannot be a second or even a third option, in my opinion, on a, on a contender. Um, you can't, you can't, like, like, I don't think the Raptors, right? I don't think they win this year if they don't have Marcus Gasol. And it's not because he's so amazing or whatever, but it gave them, like, a third playmaker, right? Because Kawhi is, like, he's, I mean, he's not even a great playmaker at all, but, like, he's obviously on a different stratosphere at everything than, uh, KP. But, like, like, Lowry is obviously also, he's a genuine primary creator. Uh, and then Gasol gave him, like, a third creator type to run offense through. And even, like, Siakam, who isn't, I mean, he kind of gets blinders too, but, like, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like if you, you, if you, if you can't drive, like, if you can't put the ball on the floor and get to the rack, like, consistently, or you cannot play make, I just don't know how you can be a top three option on a contender. I think you have to be able to do one of those two things, uh, to be a top three option. In addition, obviously, to scoring. Um, like, if you cannot pass the ball, and you also can't just break down a defense off the dribble, I don't know how you're a top three option on a contender. I, I really don't. Like, no, you're really not. And one of the things also that really made Toronto, like, great in the playoffs is that Kawhi took his playmaking to another level. Like, something we really haven't even seen before, not even with the Spurs, and he was like, this elite. Like, he was making the right pass, he was making the right read, he knew when to shoot the ball, all these sort of things. And this, the, the Raptors, they had, you know, five, not five, they have, they would have like four plus guys, sometimes even five of them when, uh, Van Fleet was on the floor. Like, they had five guys who could actually make the smart pass at any time and, like, knew what they were doing. And Porzingis, like, he doesn't know that. Like, for Randall Falls, Falls, I know some people, uh, a guy, a new guy, Dallas, was pointing out, like, his turnover rate for, uh, for Randall. And it's not, like, the best. But not all those are, like, bad pass turnovers. I mean, he's, is he, he he's above, like, a, a one-to-one assist turnover ratio, right? Yes, I, I don't think he was last year, but like like for his career, uh, Randall was like his second was his second or third full season with the Lakers, or you know what it was because he had like that his rookie year was like canceled because he broke his leg twelve minutes into his career. But like yeah, you know, that that, that doesn't make sense. Right? Yeah, whatever. It was like it was like the third year, of the second year, whatever that was. Like he had an assist um, percentage rate of like almost twenty, right? Like this guy can pass, right? <laughs> he, right. Like he knows what he's doing. He may be a little. Uh, turning over the ball, but I would have to look at the uh, the numbers. I forget the website that does it, but they break down the turnover specifically. Is it a bad pass? Is it a charge? Is it a a foul? Like you know, whatever those sort of things are. And I would actually love to see what like the pure, almost like passing, you know, like assist to turnover right, right. ratio would be. But um, yeah, I think I think we discussed Randall enough. Um, we definitely. I just really wanted to like hammer to the point for people. I mean, the, like, the, the biggest thing with Randall is like if. If, like, fucking Indiana signed Randall to this exact contract, they would be praised. Like, they, they would get genuine, um, and, like, I would understand it. They would get praised for, like, landing such a young and exciting, like, because what, Randall's 24, right? So he still has mm-hmm. some upside here. I mean, he's the same age as KP, basically, I think. Uh, maybe. Yeah, probably, I'll, have to look it, I'll look it up real quick for us, but yeah, keep going. He's probably like six or seven months older, maybe. Um, but 
you know, like there's genuine upside there as a player and like his floor is already at minimum, I think. I think his floor right now is like elite, elite bench bench scorer slash playmaker. Like that's his floor right now. Um you know. If he the, the Knicks are obviously hoping and betting that he can become more, but like, you know, we don't know. But I think like at the minimum he's a player that that has a role on good teams. Like for sure oh, yeah, has definitely. a role. Do you know, do you think the Warriors could have used him with all those injuries? And even not even just with the injuries, like wouldn't he have been a much better like five playing small ball with Draymond? For the Warriors, I think he would have helped out immensely on that team in the uh, in the finals last year. Well he's like he's like I mean, that's what they were hoping Jordan Bell would become, right? <laughs> but like obviously, I mean, you know, I I don't even know what the hell happened there. That that whole situation's really weird. Like and I kind of wonder if Kerr just sucks at developing young talent, maybe. But... I want your Bilo and Jordan Bell right now. I would do that. Well, so they, he did. He sent a minimum somewhere. I think Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota. I think. Oh, they actually, someone actually bet low on him? Yeah, yeah, I think him. Oh, that, that kind of makes sense. That's why they traded for uh, for Spellman. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I mean, I, I totally get it. I, I, like I said, I, I don't, that whole situation is very weird. Anyway, but like, with Randall at the, I mean, the guy is a fucking animal. Like, he works his ass off. He is completely, if you look at how he looked coming into the NBA and how he looks now, like, you can tell he's put in a lot of time in the NBA. Put in a oh, lot yeah, of Randall help. is ridiculously jacked. I was, I was fortunate enough to be, um, like, courtside for a little bit during, like, pregame between a, uh, Nick's Pelicans game last year. And, you know, Randall's, like, shooting up shots and everything. And I'm like, that's where I am. Like, he's jacked. Like, crazy jacked. And it's just, it's just kind of, it's also crazy to see, like, just how tall, like, NBA players are. Like, Anthony Davis looks like a, like a giant string bean, which is really funny. Even though when he's, like, laying on the floor with his gangly limbs. Yeah, like, I mean, we, up. but, uh, like, Randall's huge. Like, he's just big and stocky. We just have not had, I, I, I'm, I don't want to make it sound like, like, Randall's not a star. He's not the player that's gonna, like, save Yeah, him no, let's, anything. yeah, we should definitely but, do that. We're not, he's like, definitely I want to be very clear about that, but, like, he, like, when that dude gets going to the rim, he, he's got, he's probably, Top five guys nobody wants to like meet in the in the wing when he's just rolling at them. Um, no, you don't. Like I'm just guy in the problem. Yeah, like the numbers I was pointing out for um, the Randall article I wrote. And if you guys haven't read it yet, like stop listening to the podcast right now. Go to posting and posting and read five graphs on Julius Randall. I I, I prefer clicks for articles more than a podcast download at the moment. So definitely do that. You but, know what uh, I, would, I would say is a good player con for Randall is like. This is so weird because, like, Bagley is a bouncier Randall, and like skinnier, but like they're kind of like they're very much the same in that they're like they can kind of pop out and shoot a little bit, but what they are, what they both excel at is finishing in and around the rim, and both of them are like extremely, extremely left hand dominant. <laughs> like absurdly yeah. left hand dominant, but like I don't know. Like, I mean, some guys can just get away with that, right? Like, like Manu was so left hand dominant as a finisher, and you knew he was always going to go back to his left, but like yeah, you couldn't stop it. And I, I, again, not comparing Randall, <laughs> Randall's greatness to Manu or something like that, but but like he is, it is crazy, like how good he is at finishing around the rim, especially at his size. Like he's not like a like some giant and he's not a crazy wingspan guy but like he is just so good at finishing 
with his left hand, he, and everybody knows he's going to finish with his left hand. It doesn't matter. Like he's just so he just knows how to how to position himself and how to get the angles he wants. And like you know, that's it is. I, I don't even like who who is our who's been our best inside finisher the last years. Like I guess Cantor and yep, O'Quinn, yep. but like O'Quinn, he, like he couldn't like jump. Like he couldn't like. Yeah, O'Quinn was interesting because like he would finish really well, but it was always on like offensive rebounds or something like that. Like he would never like drive and like put it up or anything like that. I swear, like he he had some like, he had to like do some of the goofiest finishes too, just because he had zero lift. <laughs> Once he like like he couldn't come to a stop and then jump. Like it, mm-hmm. like it, he couldn't do that. So I don't know. I mean, anyway, I'm just excited to see Randall because I just like I I think his age his age and his skill set. It's like he he could be a long term piece, uh, and he's probably the only guy we signed that I feel that way about. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. Just to point out just a couple things, just real quick, just starting to say like Randall's like benching ability. He was in the ninety ninety second percentile as the role man last year on offense. Um, he has a free throw rate, like, j- basically the same as James Harden. And the only people who got to, who generated more shooting fouls in transition than Randall was LeBron and Giannis. So, like, that's the type of player that we're kind of talking about offensively. Like, these, like, downhill guys that just get to the line and they finish. So, like, we should be pretty excited offensively. D- defense, I have no idea. Cause, um, the Knicks don't actually, like, they say they care about defense, but, you know, they don't. So this this will be a fun season to see if they actually. Yeah, let's see, let's see about. The, I mean, that's. I mean, that's kind of like what we've been tiptoeing around. Is like, it's so frustrating that somebody like Randall too. It's like, dude, just be like just be if big you, and strong. If you can just be like slight. If he if he was even slightly below average on defense, then he's like a major plus player for you. Well, that's the thing. He was that like his last year before he went to the Pelicans, he was like just under um in terms of like he had the adjusted plus minus stats. He was like just under like zero, right? We're yeah. talking like very minimal negative in terms of like defense. So like okay, so if he's just gonna be like if his adjusted plus minus is like negative like point five or something like that, but he's like generating over like. Three and a half to four points per possession per hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, oh, we have a legitimate plus player, and his defense not being a plus doesn't really matter too much because he's doing so much more on offense to get back. Like that's who he could be. Just I hope he kind of gets back because he dropped significantly. Yeah. That the whole Pelican team was really weird last year. So I'm not I'm not even try, I'm not trying to give him a pass or something, but like I'm just saying like it. You know, I, I think like generally when you have your franchise player nuking the team from inside. um I think yeah. the easiest thing to go for, you know, anybody and, you know, say what you want. Like, that's not necessarily a great sign of what a guy values. But, like, the easiest thing to lose focus on is defense, right? Um, so I, I I would – I think, like, uh, we should be not necessarily optimistic but hopeful that uh, maybe that was the aberration. Because – and, like, even then, I think he was still a plus player last year for them, right? Um, oh, yeah, no – yeah, so if you just look at just some basic things, except for um, if we're using, like, RPM, for example, he was a plus player, like, just over being a plus player. Not, like, a large amount, but he right, was a plus right. player there. And for box plus minus last year, he was a plus player. So, like, even the advanced, um, you know, adjust plus minuses have him as a plus player. Um, If you want to go to, like, 
the, the raw stuff for like the five minute lineup, like was the team positive with him on and off the court? I mean, I think he was as well, but like, you know, I'm not really, there's too much noise in those for me. Yeah. So like, like the two things that could seriously elevate him big time, like that can really make him pop as a player are obviously just getting to like respectability on defense. And then also like last year, I think he shot what 34 and a half percent from three on like Mm -hmm. two and a half attempts per game. If, if he could like, I mean, you still want him. He's always going to be an inside player. Like that is ultimately his identity. That's his strength. Um, like that, you know, that's his foundation as a player. So that's always what you want him to be doing mostly. But like, if he can get up to like four attempts per game and maintain that more, like that percentage more or less, dude, like he's a, like that's, that's an all-star level player basically. If he does those two things. Not even basically. That is an all-star player. Like that oh, is, a, yeah. especially in the East. Like that's a that's a definite all-star, hundred percent. Yeah, about um seventeen percent of his um like uh, what's it called possessions, like offensive possessions, were spot of possessions, and he shot just over a point per possession, which was in the sixtieth percentile. So like, if he can build upon that, like that's actually something like very like you know if he can just pop out and just hit a corner three or a corner shot, like that's huge. Yeah, it's. Is, it's massive, and like because like not only does it spread the defense out in a different way, but like it actually will even open up the lane for him more because teams have to close out on him like that. I mean, if teams have to run out on Randall, if they have to run him off the three point line. Oh yeah, it's over. He's, he's getting to that's the lane, and he's gonna like dunk on everyone. Too. Yeah, that's so a wrap. Definitely with that. What else? What other guys did um they sign? Who do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Ellington? Do you want to talk about Bullock? Do you want to talk I want to just talk about, like, I, I want to talk about the two guys they signed that I don't really care for because I don't right, want people it. to think I'm, like, some huge homer. I mean, I am a fucking homer, but... Um, I mean, guys, we're, we're on the next podcast. Of course, we're going to, like, slightly hype up some yeah. of these guys. I mean, we're not... We're, we also don't want to be all doom and gloom like every other, you know, cornball out there. It's like, oh, my God, they said Julius Randle, he sucks. Like, no. He doesn't, like, suck, but, like, we know he has flaws. But we're going to hype up his offense because it's the middle of July. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like, I don't, I don't, I actually, so I think Peyton is actually, like, a decent player. Uh, he's probably, he's probably one of those guys that tops out as, like, a starter on a middling to bad team and a really, really good backup. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, like, I, in a vacuum, I'm fine signing him. I don't think, like, the what, one, it was basically, it's basically, it's more or less, like, one year, eight million. That's basically his contract, right? Because the second year is a team option or a very small partial guarantee or something like that. So that's basically what the contract is. So as, at that value, he's totally fine in a vacuum. But, like, I just would have preferred signing, like, some bullshit vet PG, if that like, point guard, if that's how we're going to go, and and just giving Dennis Smith and Frank, like, all, all the rope. Just giving both those guys all the rope to – figure out whatever the hell uh, they need to figure out and see what happens for a year. Um, I would have been totally fine with that. So, like, I don't, like, again, I don't think, I think Payne's actually, like, probably pretty decent. Uh, and he, 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 to be honest, like, he is the best point guard on the roster. Um, so. <clears throat> that doesn't really say much, though. Like, that's kind yeah. of, like, if Alfred Payton's your best point guard, like, that's kind of concerning. Because we also don't know what they're going to do with Frank either. Like, I still, that's still. I think they're gonna have him as a wing and like one of those like secondary like blue guys, kinda of like what um Iguodala kind of became on the Warriors. They may do that. It's kinda of like it's kinda of up to like Dennis Smith though. Because I don't know what they're doing with Frank. I think Frank's just gonna be the guy that's just gonna be like, Hey, you're gonna play the four. 
to, you know, for five minutes and like, all right, you're going to go back down to yeah. like the two. You know, like they're just going to just. I really hope that. Like, I really hope that they just like realize Frank is a combo guard and he's another combo guard only, but whatever. We'll see. Um, I don't even want to get down into like. Yeah, we're not, we're not going down the Frank rabbit hole right now because we yeah. can probably spend two hours on this and I don't think either one of us want to spend two hours together on a podcast talking Frank. Yeah, not right now anyway. Uh, maybe that's like, <laughs> that's like an August pod or something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't, I, I, so like I guess with Payne, it's not so much him as a player as much as like I just don't. I would prefer to have bet on our young guys at that position a little bit more. Um, and then, uh, like Portis, Portis to me, like so I, there are definitely things about Portis I like. I like that he's a psycho. I love that about him. Uh, he's crazy. He's gonna definitely fight people, and he's gonna like piss people off and i'm fucking here for that i'm down with that for sure um and he can shoot through like he's a legit he's up to his percentage and his attempt rate from three every single year of his career right so like you know he, he's shown growth in a very important skill set for a big man but like he has so many like there's so many glaring holes in his game like he he does he's black hole on offense um he is a pretty unaware defender, so he's like a bit. He's pretty. He's kind of problematic at both the four and the five on defense. Um, like the, it's just those are just any and like his shot selection is not good. Um, like I, so, the, what worries me about him is like first of all, we totally overpaid, which I'm kind of okay with because I think they were just like, look, we have to overpay to get this guy because he's a restricted free agent, but they didn't screw themselves with giving him a long-term contract like i i view him as kind of like like it's like a better way of taking a bet it's like the tim contract but smarter betting on a guy like tim but much smarter in the way they did it but i worry about what it says about like what we value and how we value things as a front office and an organization because like it feels like they're giving fizz this guy and they're like well he has some intriguing tools like he can kind of create a shot he can put the ball on the floor a little bit and he shoots threes so fizz like here's this dude now figure it out and fix him and it's like i don't know how he can fix like you can't give sometimes like you can look at upside all day but you how many upside guys can you have? At some point, you just need to like have a good floor and have guys that like function within a team offense and move the ball and all the that shit. And like, I don't know. I don't think Portis is that guy. And I think maybe he, he could maybe get there. I would actually bet that like maybe four or five years down the line, he is that kind of guy. But we're not four or five years down the line, you know. Well, well he's kind of brought up with like both of these signings, so you kind of see it is. The general issue, like, if the one main issue for the Knicks offseason kind of are emblematic of, like, the signing of Portis and Payton. Because you're right, these are kind of these guys. They're like, all right, we're just going to gamble on them. They're, like, they're in some funky situations. They have some tools to work with. Like, Payton can, like, Payton can pass pretty well. Like, he does know how to, like, run an offense. And Portis is, like, the crazy offensive guy. He's, like, technically a stretch big. One thing I want to quickly, just quick tangent, um, Portis is going to more, like, play the five so everyone who's just like designed like 25 power forwards while technically like if you're playing 2k they'll be listed as power forward Portis is going to mainly be like the big guy he's going to mainly be the five um like Taj if he actually plays minutes which I don't think I think they just overpaid him to be a mentor 
Like that, I, I honestly don't see Tom. Well, like even last year, I think with Taj, it's I don't know how Basketball Reference determines the play-by-play stuff, like exactly. But I swear I remember him guarding centers a bunch and Cat kind of like hanging out in power forwards. Um, I mean, I think it's just I think what they do. I, I don't know what they do actually for play-by-play, but when you kind of look at something like that, you just kind of forget to like de- like defense kind of dictate position a little right, more than offense. Right. So like if. Like, if Cat is kind of, like, out in the perimeter, it doesn't really matter if he's, like, the guy down low on offense and Taj is, like, kind of stretching it out from, like, the elbow. It's, like, yeah, it's more yeah. of, like, a defense thing. So, like, Taj is... Taj, kind of Taj really stretching the floor out. Yeah, with his uh, 15-footers, it's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun in, in like, a bad way. We're just going to be like, oh, look, another uh, another 14-footer by Taj, and it's going to rim right out, and just there's going to be no spacing. But, no, I don't think Taj is going to play, but just... Portis is going to maybe play the five. I think that's the main thing. And then also offensively, because he can't hit threes, you can play Mitch then. So, like, just so people understand that, like, right. there's there's a lot of fluidity with the big positions, especially with the Knicks, because you can play a lot of these guys yeah, I guess, I guess, like, more or less the best way to put it, and this is, like, kind of, I mean, it is an overarching thing with everybody they sign, and, like, what I have, I don't know, more or less hinted at on Twitter and playing places, is I feel like I feel like they super value guys that can make plays with the ball in their hand. But like they, they value guys that are, are finishers, like finishing, like players that finish plays versus guys that create plays or like keep the flow of an offense going. And like honestly, that was, I was shocked that they drafted, that they moved up to draft, uh, Braz Dacus, Iggy, because mm-hmm. like he is, yeah, sure. He, like he is also kind of a, like his he, his scoring is always like it's kind of like what his biggest value is. But he's a very different type of scorer in that he's not like gonna get the ball and survey the fucking feet like the the floor and get you know rotate the ball so it's all lined up exactly how he wants it to feel. And it's, like no, he's gonna get the ball and he's gonna make a quick decision and go. Um, like, I don't think we have enough of those players, and I'm not sure... I, I guess Portis is a bit like that. Like, he's a pretty quick decision-maker, but most of his decisions are just like, I'm gonna shoot this shit. Um, and Bullock and Ellington, they're not playmakers, which is fine. Like, they're obviously you're not signing them to be playmakers, yeah, no, but they're... The jack of threes, and which but, is, I think it's... I, I, we'll get to them in a sec, because I actually think those are, like, the most more underrated signings. Of yeah, I like those signings. I think those are, like... I think those are signings that are, like, most likely to net you a pick or picks or whatever uh, in trade than anybody else we signed. I don't think, I think those two signings are almost like entirely, not entirely, but I think they're largely uh, hoping to get assets for those guys more than, I mean, I guess Bullock, Bullock isn't official yet because he still hasn't like agreed to the room exception or whatever. I'm assuming that the hold up there is like, he wants some kind of at least partial guarantee in the second year. And the Knicks are like, well... I mean, they man. probably should just do that. Cause I, 2020 offseason, like, the free agents... I mean, like, I would just give them the fucking room exception for two years and roll with it. Like, Yeah, I would just, like, at some point, it's just like, I get you want the flexibility in 2020, but who's the guy that's available? Like, just pure free agents. I mean, what it's, are you going to do with, like... Host, right? I, I don't even know. I, I, I mean, it's just like, what are you going to do... I think they're, they're if they decline everybody else other than Randall and they have Bullock on a guaranteed second year... 
I think they'd still have like 55, 56 million in cap space. Yeah, like, what are you going to do with 60 million that you can't do with 55 or 56? Yeah, that's why I like it's great that like it, like the one plus ones are nice, but I kind of do hope they just kind of like pick it up and just roll with it because not only that, you get benefits of like early bird rights instead of the non bird rights too. Like if you really want to keep certain guys, I don't know. Like that's what I'm kind of hoping for. But um, yeah, this, I want to get back to this like Portis and Alfred thing because you kind of hit on something I thought was really important is that the reason why these signings, I personally don't like them either, is because they are those gambles, and you'd rather the vet be in there to stabilize the gambles that you have with your own players. Like, they should be gambling on Dennis Smith to, like, take kind of, like, that third-year leap that um, some point guards have. Like, you kind of saw D'Angelo make his, you know, quote-unquote break. Yeah, like, the, the bet should be on your guys. Yeah, like, and guys not, that you drafted, not, like, guys that you bring in. Because, like, Portis is 24, Payton is 25. So, mm-hmm. like... You're making upside plays in these guys, which again is fine, except you have upside plays on your roster that all already exist at that position. And like, like with, with Portis, especially like now that you sign Morris, I especially don't like the Portis signing because like Randall can play the four, uh, Morris can play the four. I would much rather not sign Portis now and just sign some generic backup big man to be be a lot better. I mean, Marcus Morris is also like, a lot better than Bobby Portis. So like, like, like I would, like I will tell you, I, I, I would have a thousand percent preferred to not sign Portis and sign Rashawn Holmes. He got like two years, ten million from the fucking Kings. Like he, he give him the exact contract we gave Portis, and I'm, I'm way happier with our offseason. Uh, not that I'm like Sharp unhappy. Holmes. Yeah, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, not yeah, that I'm but, unhappy no. with our offseason, but like I, I, I could have been happier. Well, I'm just saying him on the Kings, like, he's the better version of what they call it Sonny, so... Yeah, that's actually better than college fans. No, I know, like, that was trash. It was just kind of nice to see, like, oh, the Kings actually upgraded and got, like, the center who they people think, like, college Sonny is. Like, college Sonny probably would be fine on the... the Kings not being stupid. It's like, I live and die with every Sonny they make. All right, um, let's... I want to talk about, um, what what are they called? Bullock and, uh, Ellington? Right now? Because I actually like probably those signs. Like, I like the Julius Randle signing because I really think Julius Randle's good. I'm, I don't know if I'm alone on Julius Randle Island, but there's definitely a, a good, there's a good community. Yeah, there, there there's, with... there's a, a very grow, a quickly growing community on Julius Randle yeah. Island. But the ones I really like the most were mainly like Ellington and Bullock because this team needs spacing. Like, they couldn't, like, Knicks couldn't shoot threes last season at all. They had, like, no one who could, like, legitimately space the floor, and it was only Trier when he decided to actually spot up, and, like, he rarely, like, spotted up enough to really, like, make that sort of impact. So bringing in two guys who were just, like, mainly, like, spot up, catch and shoe, three-point and transition guys, it's going to do wonders, I think, for Randall, for RJ, for Knox, for all these fucking And with the actions that, like, Fisdale ran so much of, like, you have to have these, like, Triple handoff, off screen, movement shooters. And like, that's the big thing is they're not just spot up guys. Like, these guys are like, like, Ellington can run full sprint off a screen, catch, and, and, and like, and square up without, you know, like, he can square up while turning into a shot. He doesn't need to like, turn and then shoot. He can just do that all in one motion. Uh, same with Bullock. Though I think he's, He's not as good on movement shooting as Ellington is. Yeah, um, Bullock's like the lesser version of it, but Bullock is also like bigger. Like 
bigger. He's like he's bigger and he can still catch and shoot threes at like almost a forty percent clip. So like he he may not be Ellington off screens, but like you still have to like respect him if he's spotting up somewhere. Yeah, I mean those like the best thing about those guys is they're effective. They they add value to your team without being high usage. Um, like they don't need the ball to have a beneficial impact on your offense, which is like you know I don't. I, I think Knox actually might be able to get there. That's his to me that's his upside anyway. Uh I don't buy into him like becoming some fucking awesome shot creator or something. I think he's like Ooh, Knox. Yeah, like I think Yeah, no, not at all. I just see him more as like the like, guy who spots up and he can close out on drive outs really well. Like he's just kind of that guy. He will become that guy. As like yeah. at the four in maybe like a couple years. He's still not big enough yet to play the four, which I also don't mind them signing all these power forwards. Like Knox still isn't there and we shouldn't be putting them Brasnick is at the four yet. Like he's still a rookie. Like let's let's temper down on like getting these guys at the four. Like, oh man, I'd put Iggy. I'd put Iggy at the four. I put Iggy at the one. I don't care what he's. I just want him to get forty eight minutes a game. Yeah, he should play all the time. No, I, I, yeah. So I, I, I do like those signings. I think those are like, I get what I think some people are like down on them because we have so many young guards and stuff. But like, I just I don't care. We need that skill set, and it's like if you're betting. Like, clearly they've made a massive bet here on RJ, right? Like, he is kind mm-hmm. of the the dude. I think, <clears throat> more or less, just kind of, like, how they build him. And he seems like they view him as somebody to building around to a degree. Um, and if you're going to build around RJ, then you need shooters. And, like, we can all sit, we can sit here all day and be like, oh, yeah, Dennis Smith picked a shot. Uh, Frank fixed his shot. Dotson's gonna become an elite shooter, but like we don't know those things. That's just what we hope. Uh, like we know what Ellington and Bullock are. We know what they are. <coughs> so if you know if they overpaid a little bit, which I think they did for Bullock and not at all for Ellington, um, that's fine because like I I I much more value currently like having certain skills on the team than, like, having the ideal contract. Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. Like, you could definitely pick apart the, the contracts. I know, like, some people are like, oh, the Knicks overpaid for everyone. And I get it. It's, like, technically, you're right. They did probably overpay for everyone. But I, I'd rather this cap space just be utilized because it looks like their plan is for 2021. Um, You know, the main guys, the only, like, the two main guys that they um, they wanted didn't sign. So it's, like, it doesn't really matter where the money really goes like no one's really up for a rookie extension i think except for frank and smith and they're not going to extend them next summer and even if they did extend them next summer it doesn't affect their cap space next summer and and i don't think anyone's even going to like max them out or overpay for them either like unless dennis smith or frank make like a huge breakthrough that i don't think either of us really see like you know like like a real like leap they're not going to get paid a lot so like you could just bring them back on like a solid deal and hope that they make their leap during that. Right. And, and even if they make some massive leap next summer, like you don't have to pay them next summer. Right. You no, just have to, not, you have to in, right. You have to pay them the, the following year. So it's like, yeah, to me that I'm fine with like these, you know, they, if they had even given Ellington two guaranteed years, I would have been fine with it. Yeah. You know, it would have been, it would have been good. Cause that, yeah, you're right. Cause it looks like they're really banking on RJ being the guy and you got to surround him with shooters. And they Mitch have, too for that. For yeah. That. And you got to have Mitch too out there to help with spacing. RJ, too, as like a pick-and-roll player, and you need the vertical spacing as well, along with the perimeter spacing. So if you kind of see the foundations of, like, what they want RJ to be with and surround, and I actually think that was really smart, 
Um, if Randall can keep his shot, you have him almost like as like a secondary or tertiary playmaker as well. Like you kind of see the, like, a very rough skeleton of like the team that they, they want to put RJ in the best position. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sure. they did with these guys, which I really appreciate. And it's, now it's going to come down to is, is Dennis Smith going to like help out with like playmaking responsibilities or is Frank going to like hit a three point shot? Like they have like these little things that they kind of. Yeah. Hoping for. It, it does look like it's going to be an RJ Barrett team for the next, at least the next two years until Brian, Kawhi, Giannis, and Trace the Cat. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, that that's like a big reason I really like the Iggy. I just, I really love that draft pick. I, I, I thought he, I honestly, like, I don't really give a shit how, I don't care about Summer League. I've made this abundantly clear on Twitter and everywhere. Um, well, we've tried to make it clear on our Slack, but everyone's like, oh, no, look at the passing. It's not that good. But like, yeah. Summer League, who gives a shit? Like, Iggy can drop 100. Okay, maybe if Iggy dropped 100 points, I'd be impressed. But, like, I couldn't care less if a guy drops, like. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't care about the stats in Summer League. I care more about, like, if I watch you and how do you actually look? Like, how do you play? And, like, I don't, like, I, again, I don't care that Iggy had 30 points and he's been knocking down shots. Um, Obviously, that's great. I'm very happy he's doing those things. But, um, you know, it's more that, like, he just – he has a knack for, like, getting open and making himself available and just, like – like, he just makes smart plays very frequently. Uh, he's, like, very much a high IQ player, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's something that a lot of our younger guys struggle with is just, like, making smart decisions uh which is fine like that's obviously that's if anything that's like a area of the game most guys improve throughout their careers like uh that's not like a huge knock in my opinion but to have a guy that young who already is like consistently making smart choices is is pretty good um and i think he's like i thought he was a really underrated defender coming out of college i didn't like to like i'm just gonna fucking say it because i don't care because it's my podcast uh i think he got punished for being white. I, I honestly don't Ooh, think that there's any... You're going hot on the first episode. I love it. I don't... There's you, There's no basis for him to have dropped a 47. Like, he was efficient in college. He shot the three well in college. He played big minutes for one of the top three defenses in the country. Uh, like, if you watch Michigan play, it's not like teams were singling him out as some weak link on defense either you know like he was a effective link defensively um he played at the four a bunch which is not his like technically coming into college that wasn't his natural position um well aren't they aren't him and rj like the same size yeah i think he's bigger than rj like he's stronger than he's definitely strong i think he's I, i i don't know i mean I, I'm not sure about the weight. I think they might be like almost the same weight. I mean, but, like, that could be if, the case. I'm just looking at their bodies in like summer league and just like height. And well, just, just like the way they, and I'm the like, way okay, they, they're like the same size. Yeah, so, and just like the way they play, like the way Iggy plays, he's like he plays strong. He plays, he plays up. Like he, his, I think he's just like I, I want to say he's two ten. Like 210 pounds, but I, he plays like he's like 225, 230. You know, he's way, he, he, he plays bigger than he is. And, and just like the last thing is, 
I, I I mean, the reason I say that is because I think like I remember reading some of the knocks on him, and they were just like the classic like this dude's white weaknesses. It's like oh he's he's a he's a below average athlete. He you know he's a minus defender. He can't really move in space that well. Shit like that. And I'm like, I mean, I watched the guy all year in college. I didn't see any of that. I'm not saying he's like he's not an elite athlete, but I mean, look, even in summer league, you can see it. Like when he's out there on the floor, you're not like oh man, this guy's he can't even hang with these guys. Like he can't hang athletically with these guys. Mm-hmm. I've never thought that. If anything, I think he's like he's not maybe a better pure athlete than Knox. He's not a better pure. Knox is a better pure athlete than him for sure. But like when you're talking about functional athleticism within a game, like, like Iggy is very functional with his athleticism and that's really all that matters. I don't care if he's not like – and I, I mean he, he he can dunk. Like he, he dunks in traffic. It's not like you know he's – He's not fucking Doug McDermott out there. I don't knock down Doug McDermott. I mean, Doug, Doug can ask. He knows how to really cut. With the he does know how to cut. He's actually, but Iggy's. I mean, that's the thing. That's a, that's another reason I like. I love that. But he's like, he's so good at. He, like, I don't know how many good cutters we've had, but it, it hasn't been many over the last like twenty I years think, of my life. I think it's just. Um... McDermott. McDermott, and then Hazonia only for Cantor, because so they have some weird Eastern European. And then there's the one other guy. Oh, Fields. Fields are really good. Oh, Landry Fields, yeah. He definitely was, uh, he was good. I'm pretty sure Iggy dropped in the draft because he has, I don't know, one of the worst haircuts on the Knicks they've had in a really long time. Like, someone needs, like, someone needs to take him. He, he's not a good-looking man, but... Oh, no. I, I mean, but the look just like, he needs a new haircut. Like, Someone needs to just take him to the barbershop and just be like, fix him up. Give him a nice, you know, comb over. He's gonna, he's gonna go to, he's gonna go to Brooklyn and get a nice fade in a few weeks, man. Brooklyn? No, he needs, he needs, he needs something better in Brooklyn. He needs to go to like the Bronx or something like that. <laughs> go up to Harlem? Yeah, he needs to go up to Harlem. <laughs> get that shit really fixed. Dude, RJ does too, man. RJ's got it. Like, oh yeah, RJ too. RJ his hair is so boring. I'm like, dude, do something with that. Let's figure it out. Do you think RJ should grow out his hair and do the Kawhi braids? I think everybody should do that. Everyone, that that would be great. I would just love in like solidarity for the next two years. Everyone grows up their hair, does the uh the robe, you know, the robe braids, and just be like, Kawhi, opt out in two years. Everyone yeah. loves your hair. Mitch, Mitch got like the he's got the frosted tips and stuff now. Yeah, I don't like the frosted tips. I I I, I like I like it just because I think it's like it's so brash. I mean, it makes sense for like. It makes sense for Mitch for some reason, um, because he's like this weird goofball off the court. So it just kind of makes sense that he's going to do something weird like that. Like it didn't work for Frank. I hated the frosted tips. I think Frank knew that too, and he's just like, yeah, nah, we good. <laughs> yeah, he he knew. Like he knew he was listening to us, hopefully on uh, on Twitter or he's you know spying on us in our Slack or something like that. Because like he needed that to go, and I'm happy that's gone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But another very small development, you can see it with like Knox, and you can see it with Frank. Is like these dudes are looking like they're. Significant. They're bigger. They're definitely stronger. And Frank you can see it was so much bigger, bigger than he was like both when he was like playing in France for like the international team, yeah. coming out um in the draft till now. Like and he's and, reaching out. And and obviously with Frank, we still don't know if that translates into him like not Super sucking football. total ass on def- on offense. Um, but like with Knox, and again summer league, whatever. But like the thing I really liked seeing is he wasn't shying. He wasn't trying to like avoid contact as much. Like that was that like he was going through dudes this year in summer league, and I remember last year in summer league, and even like you know the entire season, 
so many of his struggles at the rim and like just general finishing and stuff was like he was he was avoiding contact and like trying not to to deal with that and it was good to see that in summer league like maybe i, I hopefully i think it's i it, it, i'm sure it is confidence related to like him being bigger and he feels stronger is like he was just like nah i'm just gonna go through this guy right now well also one thing that was lost in the, the pelicans game is that you know like zion ripped the ball from him he fell you know super embarrassing moment for Knox, but i'm pretty sure he had like two to three blocks and one of them was on zion like he was like he was he like, did block Zion. Yeah, like he was like in the mix, like blocking people's shots. Which honestly, I didn't even think did Kevin Knox even block a shot last year. I, I wouldn't go out and let him say zero and no, um, despite it being you know, despite me having like basketball work himself. I'm just gonna say he had zero blocks last season. So like, it's encouraging to see him like block Zion. Cause, like, yeah. And yeah. another thing is like the thing with Zion too is like the guy he's couldn't even, yeah he couldn't even finish a damn game. Like he's a bust. 100% bust. R.J. So, Barrett is, is the real king. I mean, R.J. is the one coming out here, you know, playing, like, all these minutes. You don't see him getting hurt for being fat. Like, R.J. is in great shape. I was actually really shocked. When I was like, I was really excited. Like, all right, I'm going to see, like, Zion. Like, cause I have, like you, as you know, and probably anyone listening to, like, other stuff that I've been on Sunday's podcast, I don't watch college basketball. I know nothing about it. So I was like, I was really excited to finally watch, like, Zion, like, play. For a little bit, and then like they had it, like the camera was on him, and he looked doughy from like what I've seen before. Like they were just showing like highlights of him, so like yeah, he, he's like this jack chiseled like monster. Then no, he, see, like, he's definitely doughy guy, and yeah. I'm like, oh wait, that's not a good sign. He looks like doughy and like bigger. Yeah, it, and then he comes out of the game because like his knee is sore. It's like, what do you mean his knee is sore? Like they banged knees, and I'm like, this is not a good way to start your career. Like you look fat and out of shape, and you're like your knees can't hold up. Like, yeah, I mean. I'm not even trying to hot take, but like, um, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be like concerned or something if I'm a Pelicans fan, but I would, oh, I, would, I, would I would be very concerned. We're raising the alarm for every Pelicans fan listening to a Knicks podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I would just, I, I would just be like, I mean, that, that, look, that was the main concern with him coming out. Was like, yeah, no, it's like the, the only concern because like I'm very, we were all very much on the Zion train. We yeah, I mean, to, I'm still on the Zion train. To and be so honest. am I. Like, yeah, so am I. But it was just like the one, criticism was is like he's really big and being really that big how like how does that look long term and to start your summer league career with you know looking out of shape and banging knees and you're like all right we're taking you out of the game for the for the rest of the game like that's not a good look so hopefully he can fix that because i think the nba would be better with zion being as as athletic and as in shape as possible but it's like the worst. It's like it's like the worst possible way to start everything. You're like, oh, we're gonna start off with your main issues coming out of the draft. Great. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's interesting. Anyway, I mean, whatever. The Pelicans are fuck them. They're so lucky. It's annoying. Um, you mean I don't even say it was lucky. I'm pretty sure the NBA rigged it. I'm going out on that take right now. I it's, just it's it's beyond annoying that they <clears throat> they won the Davis lottery wasted mm-hmm. fucking seven years of Anthony Davis. And then they have to trade him because he publicly demands out. And then, of course, they win the, the Zion lottery. It's like <laughs> they landed, what, the two the two prospects that have come out in like the last whatever year. So is that like nine years that like that are really clear cut, no brainer above everybody else <laughs> in their class. I guess Ben Simmons was, too. But like. And okay, I would, well, we would argue, I think both of us would argue Luca too, but everyone was stupid and decided to, you know, 
pass over him for whatever stupid ass reason. So, oh, Luca, yeah, 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 yeah. I I agree with that too. I don't understand that, but anyway, but like, but even even including Luca, I think Zion and and Davis were like better prospects coming out. Oh well, I just well I just I think Luca was better prospect than Zion, but no, I get the point though. It's like it's almost like quibbling, you know. It's not like that big of a difference, but yeah, no, we're talking like Zion, Anthony Davis, and like LeBron James. Like those are like the three biggest prospects coming out of college, and. The Pelicans happen to get both of them, especially in the year after they're going to trade <laughs> Anthony Davis. I'm I'm calling shenanigans on the NBA front office. Like it was like the perfect thing to be like if you're like a conspiracy theorist person like me, like the NBA rigged it to make sure that the Pelicans won it. I'm sorry, I'm just I that's what I think. Detect no lies. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even know who would if the if whatever team won the lottery, if it would be considered rigged. Um, it would have to be something like random, as team like the Suns. You know, like, it would be, like, something like that. Like, if the Knicks won, you can consider it rigged. If the Lakers won, you would consider it rigged. Um, I don't know any other bad teams. Oh, if, like, the Hornets won it, there would probably, there would probably be no outrage. Well, I mean, yeah. the Hornets won't win it this year because they have a better team than the Knicks. Shout well, out to Matt Moore. Yeah, Matt Shout Moore, with, Matt his, Moore. with his great take that the, uh, the Hornets have more better, or was it just more NBA player, players? No, 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 no. I think the way he put it was, they're, they're, yeah, they have, they have, they're, they're also, they're competent bad. Right. They're competent bad, is what he said. What a fucking moron. No, I don't get it. Like, I don't know if he's trolling. He could be trolling, but, like, if this is, like, a serious, like, basketball take, like, I don't understand how the, like, the level of stupidity that type of take takes. Like, I don't understand the, like, why are you tweeting that out? Like, that's just, it's just dumb. Yeah, like, if it's, if, like, if you're trolling, sure, whatever. But, like, you really, if you're in, like, that type of position, you probably shouldn't be trolling. I mean, if you have that level of, like, influence as a writer. Like, unless you're, like, your Bill Simmons, like, I get I can kind of see, like, him trolling, like, people around. But, like, why are you trolling? Like, if Zach Lowe is trolling, like, that's not a good look for Zach Lowe, for example. Like, it's not a good look for, like, some of these notable guys to, like, troll like that. So if it's not trolling, then it's, like, wow, that's just a really stupid opinion to have. Like, yeah. how do you how do you have that type of opinion? Like, Julius Randle's probably better than anyone on either roster. Yeah. I, I think Marcus, Marcus Morris might be, too, and I'm not even, like... I mean, I like Morris, but I not like. I don't think he's like some awesome player. But no. I mean, he might. I mean, well, like Cody's, what? Well, like Cody's what? You, doesn't play fuck, and for, for, forgetting for, even that, forget all of that. Like, which team? Which team do you think is more incentivized to lose? The Knicks or the fucking Hornets? The Hornets are. They're incentivized to lose this year. They like. Well, yeah, they're gonna build their team around fucking Monk and Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. No. Oh, oh and Terry to overachieve their uh their draft position, whatever. I don't know what that means. That was such was, a stupid. That was weird. That was such a strange Zach Lowe take. It was like, oh yeah, they drafted guys that can overachieve their draft position. What does that mean? Like, what does like that's that's the so most? Not, it's almost like they're not bad. They're just like it just doesn't even. It doesn't make. It doesn't even like what the fuck did has Malik Monk done? And I liked Monk coming out of college. Well, Monk, so like Monk does a great job shitting on the Knicks every time. He, uh, yeah, he, that's yeah, that's like, that's like his, his his calling card is to drop like thirty on the Knicks every time. But then like I'm like, oh look, Monk's really good. And then you watch like his next game, and I'm like, that's not the Monk I watched. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> just, it's, but it's like, what the hell has he done in two years to make you to argue that he is the kind of guy that can overperform his draft position? Like I I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it at all. He could be. I don't. Um, I mean, I I like Miles. Thing. Yeah, I like Miles Bridges. I think he's. Probably, I think actually, I would like. He's like the kind of guy I think. If he struggled again this year or something, 
I would try to buy low on him um, because I think uh, he's just been in a weird position there. But like, but like, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. Like, like what has he? What about him? Are you like, wow? This? I mean, I, I guess I don't know what it means to like outperform a draft position. Like he was the 11th pick. So what does that mean? Like outperform your draft. So he's like, he becomes a, I mean, a solid starter, a solid starter basically outperforms your draft position at that, at that level, right? Yeah, I don't really see that with, uh, with and, but, as, like, a solid bench player. So yeah, this doesn't make sense. Even yeah, if like, so like, even if, even if Monk and Miles Bridges, right? Like, if they're going to become solid starters, let me tell you what, it's not going to happen this year. Uh, no, not in this, not with this team, because they have terrorists here running the point, and that's going to be, I don't, it can either be a beautiful disaster or like it could actually work. I don't know. With the I just, I just see them like, they have like two useful vets on that roster. Like Marvin Williams is probably going to get moved in some kind of like, some sort of buyout or something like that. Not, probably like a shitty, like trade him for a shitty expiring contract plus a couple of seconds. That's the kind of trade I feel, I feel like he probably moves in. Um, if Cody Zeller, who if healthy, is actually like I actually player. yeah I actually like Cody Zeller, but he's I sort of got that guy's never healthy. It, which is really upsetting because like he's good, like he's like he's the legitimate. I would say like if there's anyone in the Hornets, like he's legitimately good. Um, Batum is also like never healthy, and he's completely fell off the cliff. Yeah, Batum and, sucks. Yeah, um, and, and, and then you have Rozier, who we we know, which was interesting because we were talking about this for like Rozier has a great like starting stats. We're thinking like, all right, you take a gamble on. Yeah, not, I think I, I don't think it's I think actually like there's a weird thing with Rozier where you can talk me into like maybe he he just needs to start and like he'll be better as a starter and I can buy into that a little bit but like I'm not buying into that at three years fifty eight million yeah, fully no, guaranteed yeah I'm not doing that um, like if, if the Hornets only signed him for like a year and they're just like all right prove to us that you can actually play like you can actually start and actually be effective if you get him, if you get him like three. 35 million i would still think that's like not a great contract but i would be like all right that's you know that's well, the, well the, the the per year sure but like you can't get three guaranteed years to terry rosier like you're you're locking him in for three years like that's absolutely insane to me like two it'd be like the most because he didn't he didn't he hasn't shown anything like he yeah, was a disaster you're still betting on upside with him so it's like yeah you can't give him i agree you, you shouldn't give him a third guaranteed year i'm just saying like at least if you gave him three thirty-five or even like forty, I would be like, all right, okay, um, this is not a great signing, but I can like, I can ha- I can understand, I can deal with it, you know, we can work with that. That's fine. That's not gonna like destroy you. Three fifty-eight is like the kind of contract where I, it's like within six months, I can see them being desperate to move that. Um, oh, the, yeah, they're they're gonna be looking to move him as soon as possible. Yeah. Like, and just like gonna, just, just to touch on. I have feeling right now he's gonna like suck the first like half of the season. They're gonna be like, holy shit, look what we just did. We bought three years of this and it's gonna be I think it's gonna be this could like completely blow up. Yeah, I I, I don't I didn't really understand that. Um and then also I just wanted to say like regarding Zeller. Zeller's one of those weird guys where like he's I mean he's a center obviously, but like he doesn't have great like rim protection numbers and like block stats or anything. But I, I think he he's really good at just like kind of snuffing out plays before he has to make a play at the rim. Um, so it's just it's just unfortunate he can never. You know, Zeller on defense is what people think 
Jokic is on or Jokic, I'm not trying to say, but like Jokic is on with defense with his like, because you know, people are like, oh, Jokic can't protect the rim, but yeah. he's always in the right spot. And he, he improved that last year because that's why he really took the step. It wasn't because of offense. Like he wasn't like a complete disaster on defense, but the way people talk about Jokic on defense is actually the way Zeller actually plays on defense. Yeah. So it's just like, it's one of those things. Hopefully, you know, it, it, but, I, yeah, mean, I just want to point that out. Like Zeller, Zeller was basically like, what Tristan Thompson was on defense when Tristan Thompson was good. For just, like, two postseasons? <laughs> yeah, for, like, one series, maybe. But, like, yeah, like, you know, he he's pretty switchy. Uh, he, you know, like, it's just guys that kind of, like, they're bigs, but they, they can move in space okay. Um, and, like, maybe they're not blocking a lot of shots, but they're not total jokes on... Mm-hmm. On defense, I don't know, just like making right rotations and shit like that. Yeah, I I think that Zeller is probably like, I feel like he's the kind of guy that on his next contract will be a good value for another team. Yeah, someone's gonna sign him and he's gonna be like healthy for like one of those years. The Spurs are gonna sign him for sure. Oh yeah, like he's gonna become a spur. At like eight. I don't know how old Zeller is right now, but like like Zeller at uh like age I don't know, like thirty, he's gonna go to the Spurs. He's gonna have like his healthy year. Like he's okay. It looks like he's twenty six. Like yeah, and like in like he's only twenty six. Yeah, twenty six in two hundred eighty one days. I yeah, swear so like, to I swear to God that guy feels like he's fucking. Well, he came out really young too. Like he was like, yeah, Zeller in like two years is going to go to the Spurs and have like. What is he? This this should be his, what, his eighth year in the league. This will be his eighth year. One two three four five six. It's going to be his seventh. Interesting. Yeah yeah you just. Just injuries. Like, he played 82 games his rookie season and just kind of, like, gone downhill. 62, 73, 62, 33, 49. Like, it only got worse. Yeah, yeah. So. Why do you only play – you didn't start any game in 2017, 18? Why was that? All right. Welcome to Drew Explores the Internet. Um, Who was on the team that he didn't get uh, minutes? Oh, that was the year Dwight Howard was on the Hornets. <laughs> Remember when Dwight Howard was on the Hornets? <laughs> oh God, he's on the fucking Wizards now. No, is he, he got traded to Memphis? Did they buy him out? Did they waive him? I I don't I don't know. Dwight Howard. Oh man, remember when uh he was like legitimately the best player? Not maybe not legitimately, but like he was arguably the best player in the NBA. I think he was legitimately the best player in the NBA the year that yeah. he went to the finals. Yeah, like he carried. Like it's kind of crazy that like it was that was only what like ten years ago, eleven yeah. years ago, and the league like, switched up on him so fast. It's crazy with all these big guys. So many yeah. big guys. Like the league just switched up on them so fast. And it's, it's crazy. Like and he could have been someone who if he, he could had have come in five years sooner, he probably win. He probably is the best player in the team. Yeah, if you came to it, but like right now, like he could have adjusted to just been like a pick and roll big. Like that was something he was good at. But he was really insistent on like, hey, I want to post up and uh, do some fadeaways. And it's just like, why? Like just set picks for people. Like you'll be really effective that way. To be fair, setting picks just do setting picks is probably so fucking boring. And yeah, like coming from someone who is the focal point of like almost like a championship team. Yeah, I totally like I kind of understand it, but it's just one of those like if you want to save your career, like you kind of have to adjust. That's just not just in basketball. That's almost like in any profession. Like you, you kind of yeah. have to grow with the times and have to adjust. Like you can't just be someone like I'm not going to use a computer for work. <laughs> well, guess right, what? Right, you're right. you're never getting employed. Like those sort of things. Like I wish you did that, but. We really went off on a uh, on a tangent. Yeah. On, uh, to end that uh, to end that uh, first I, episode, I think that this is a good place to end, right? You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
right, we're going to end it here for the uh, first episode of the Posting and Hosting Show. Uh, Shwin, do you have anything to plug? And it doesn't have to just be, like, your work. Do you have to plug anything? No, I got nothing, man. You got nothing? Nothing. Okay. Um, so, for me, um, we're not going to plug... Nah, we don't have to plug Twitter. You, if, you, if you're not following us right now on Twitter, like, I don't... Like, why aren't you? Like, it doesn't even make sense to me. Like, go do it right now. I'm pretty yes. sure we said our... I'm pretty sure we said our handles at some point during the episode. I'm not even yeah. bothered. I think at the beginning. Sure. Okay. So, follow us on Twitter. Um, read us at Posting and Toasting. Like, you should be doing that already as well. Like, if you're a Knicks fan or you want to follow the Knicks, like, you should just be reading Posting and Toasting because we do the best coverage of any Knicks website in any universe, like, ever. So, definitely should be reading us. Um, I've currently just started Pretty Little, not Pretty Little Lies. What's it called? Big Little Lies? Is that the one? That's the HBO one, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. No? All right. Well, I'm watching that right now. You should watch that. It's really fun to see Meryl Streep with uh, dentures. It's really funny. Interesting. Um, and that's all I got for you right now for uh, for show stuff. Well, well, trust me, you're going to have a lot of pop culture in this podcast. We're just, uh, <laughs> we're just like figuring out how our dynamic's going to be. But trust me, there's going to be tons of music, tons of pop culture, and Probably what? There's gonna be a lot of Sopranos, a lot of Wu Tang, um, a lot of Face Off too. Yes. So expect that, which you know, a lot of Nick Cage. So that's it, folks. Um, we'll see you next time with this nice awkward ending. All right, bye. <laughs>